Yo, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Player X here with the Semi Limited Podcast. As usual, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Whether it be showing love on all of our social sites, whether you're sharing the podcast with your friends, having a blast, making fun of all the uh, crazy takes and ramblings of crazy people you might be hearing. Uh, but we appreciate it all nonetheless. So thank you guys so much for making the podcast exactly what it is. Uh, one of Yu-Gi-Oh! Community's pivotal TCG podcast. Uh, before we get into the, today's episode, we have a special guest. Uh, we're going to be going over maybe a little bit about how this guy got into the Yu-Gi-Oh! community, as well as considering talking about defined versus undefined formats, one of the great debates, and then the qualifications to what makes a card necessarily quote-unquote good. We're going to be getting into all of these goodies and more, but before so, as usual, we have all these plugins we want to do really fast, so before we get started, please go to that Linktree link in the description box below to follow all of our social sites. You can click on it, a tab will pop up with all of the Social sites like YouTube, maybe our Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook groups, as well as the distributors for all of the podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, as well as Spotify. So you can go down there, click subscribe, follow, the notification bell, whatever you guys got in, and make sure you're following and a part of all of the action going on over here. Also, congrats to all the giveaway winners last week. We had a whole bunch of them, one for YouTube and one for Instagram for hitting both of those goals. So thank you to all for supporting. Another giveaway will be occurring when we hit 50 followers on TikTok, which we're getting pretty close to. 100 on Twitter slash X or whatever the fuck you guys want to call that app nowadays. And then 200 when we hit Instagram and YouTube since those were the 100 ones that we just gave away. So be sure to follow have your friends follow uh, and make sure that you guys are following those social sites so that way you stay up to date on when the next giveaway is and how you guys can enter. Shout outs to Unplugged Gaming and Manliest New York for sponsoring the podcast. Be sure to join their Discord server, also in the description box below, to be a part of all of their TCG communities, whether it be Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is by far the best one, uh, One Piece, which just got slandered for trying to be Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, Lorcana, the new one, whatever you guys want, they have a TCG community down there for you. So be a part of it, get your trades on, get your talk on, and meet in store. Uh, and if you guys do show up to the store, be sure to tell them that the boys over at Seminary Limited sent you because they will be sure to hook you guys up. Last but not least, we have Brad, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, live streaming on Twitch every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the East Coast of the United States for those who are outside of the U.S. Uh, his Twitch will be in our link, tree, uh, link, which is also down below. It'll be right above where our Twitch stream is because he is affiliated with the channel. Uh, so you can catch him there every Saturday night at 11 o'clock doing deck profiles, deck theories, his grinding master duel. I was on there with him last week and we were battling for OTS packs. He actually wound up kicking my shit in the entire time. I don't know what was going on. I played two cashier rounds and two sprite rounds and he just massacred me both games. It was just not a fun time for me, but you know, he got some, uh, OTS packs and he pulled them on stream for everyone. So be sure to go check those out to see. Uh, what we pulled and also if you guys are checking him out be sure to interact with him because everything that happens on his stream comes back to me and our friday night wrap up but getting into today's episode uh we are joined by a special guest this guy has been in the youtube slash Yu-Gi-Oh community for quite some time he's we were chit-chatting in the lobby he was telling me some of the events he's gone to in the past 
And uh, yeah, they definitely start with the words 2000 and instead of 2010 or 20 even. So these guys are kind of old. But be sure to give a round of applause for West Coast legend and Yugi 2 personality, Slim YGO. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, man. Love to have you on. Appreciate it. Now we got the East Coast, West Coast thing kind of going on. Absolutely. Some different perspectives. <laughs> uh, so do you have any uh, links or any plugins that you want to talk about real quick or get off the chest? Maybe shout some people out before we get into today's episode? Yeah, sure. I got you. Uh, like I said, uh, the name, uh, the channel name is Slim YGO. Those of you that have been following me for a while, I was actually known back in the day as Slim X Team Symmetry. And then I did uh, eventually change my name down the line. And yeah, most people just call me Slim. That's been my nickname since the very beginning. And uh, yeah, uh, honestly, just like main shout outs. Are, of course, my fiance, she supports me in all that I do. So I appreciate hey, her yes, the most. That's right. And then, of course, I always got to shout out my brothers, Johnny and James. Those are my boys. Like, I always shout them out. Like, me and Johnny and James, we go as many events as possible. It's us three everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's Asian Persuasion, right, for those who don't Asian don't Persuasion, know. for anyone yep. who don't know. He, yeah, he, he, he predates me by a couple of years, too. Asian Persuasion 2008, who, <laughs> rec- who recently got his first YCS top at uh, YCS Indy. I got to plug that, too, because I was so oh, happy. Oh, absolutely. He, yeah, he did, yeah. He called me. He called me, keeping me updated. As soon as he got it, like I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't able to go to the event. I was actually in Seattle at the time, but he called me, and I mean, I, I just w- was screaming. <laughs> I was. I was so happy for him. You know, he's been chasing it for a while, and honestly, it motivates me to push for my YCS top. So, really, just uh, you know, I appreciate him and uh, my brother James and my brother Pete Navarro too. Uh, those of you who know Pete, he's actually a West Coast legend too, as far as uh, players go. One of the best players in Southern California, and he's a uh, he's like my main plug whenever it comes to cards. And yeah, he's just a uh, he, they're all family, so I, I have to shout them out, of course, because you know when it co- when it comes to this game when it comes to this game, like you really do meet some of your like lifelong friends, and like for sure, you know those three have been with me since day one, and you know we just we just keep going. We're the we're the dueling grandpas now. We're all yep. we're all getting up there, but we're uh, <laughs> we're you know we're we're doing. Now our you're thing. all Yugi's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, my main sponsors are of course uh, Gem. <laughs> you guys already know Gem Playmats. So shout out to Brandon. Appreciate you. You know, always uh, mm-hmm. hooking it up. And then Dragon Shield sending me more sleeves than I know what to do with. Uh, you know, they're awesome too. Uh, those are really like my main two. Uh, I mean, I have a TCG player link, but everybody does. So yeah, <laughs> that's one of those <laughs> things. But as like the the sponsors that do send me stuff, I really do appreciate, you know, Gem and uh, Dragon Shield, you know, just always, always hooking it up. So th- those are my main ones. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's important to have the sponsors that are uh, bigger entities that kind of believe in like the little guy kind of like us because, you know, we shout out our unplugged sponsor all the time. And even if it is something as simple as giving a box every once in a while when the new set drops or giving a pack of sleeves or like something little to give away, like that does make all the difference as far as like getting people engaged, getting, you know, it, you know, people talking and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? So like it kind of does help in the little ways more than most people might think. So definitely shout out to all the uh, sponsors out there, as you said, Jump Tech and uh dragon shield as well as unplug gaming you know absolutely and speaking I of think, that congrats yeah. on your wedding too oh, uh thank it seems you, like thank a you. lot of you youtubers are starting to get tied in nine off ironically i know uh spanko ygo just uh actually got engaged i know uh kemi's actually talking seriously with his girl uh people like brian and logan are obviously basically damn near commonwealth married or yeah pretty so, much they'll be uh, next so yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be a really big Yu-Gi-Oh wedding, I tell you that. Uh, yeah, you always see the memes of people playing Yu-Gi-Oh at people's uh, 
like weddings, but that'll be one yeah. where I think everyone's kind of playing Yu-Gi-Oh and like, I don't think there'll be one person. If you're not playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you're looked at as the weird one, you know? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah, yeah. They they can have they can have that one for sure. <laughs> also, we were chit chatting too. For those who don't know, like Slim has the channel on YouTube, as he was mentioning, that does a lot of deck profiles, a lot of discussion videos, which is what really kind of got me in there because I like hearing other people's thoughts. But tell the audience as far as like what got you into Yu-Gi-Oh, what's got you into uh, creating your Yu-Gi-Tube channel and what kind of started things off. Cause you've been around for a while too. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Not, not to say that that's a bad thing, but like you've just had a lot more uh, of a seasoned approach to the the retrospect. You've kind of seen the community grow from yeah. something as, as little as short YouTube videos to these big channels getting like hundreds of thousands of followers and like supporters. So like, Tell us a little bit about, like, what not only got you in Yu-Gi-Oh!, but kept you around Yu-Gi-Oh! for this long, especially doing uh, YouTube as your career. Right, right. So, uh, for me, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm going to date myself, but it's fine. Like, I've been playing the game since 2002, <laughs> since it did come out. Like, it has just been something that, and I mean, I think everybody, everybody kind of has a similar story. If you're kind of in my age bracket... And I say that because, of course, I'm like a hardcore 90s kid. Like, I'm from the 90s. So, I, you know, anyone in that bracket who got into Yu-Gi-Oh! around the time, like when it came out in 2002, it started with the Yu-Gi-Oh! and Kaiba deck. And it went from, you know, being on the school playground to where my friends, you know, we had collected Pokemon. We had collected Digimon. We had collected Dragon Ball Z. We had gone through all the different card games never really playing like to be honest it was just for collection purposes it was never yeah, it was just a look of, at the shiny pieces of card for real uh, for real mm-hmm. like that's all that's all it was i wanted to collect my favorite pokemon i wanted to collect my favorite digimon i love Dra- uh, dragon ball z and i i remember just being obsessed with the cell saga and i wanted the cell saga cards i didn't care yeah. about playing them i just wanted the cards from that because to me the cell saga hands down is my favorite saga in all of dragon ball z it is just everything to me like when it when people tell me dragon ball z i tell them oh yeah the cell saga like the androids the cell saga the cell games that was peak dbz for me personally yeah yeah and then my friends one day just like showed up in in their binders they had these new cards basically saying it was Yu-Gi-Oh. i was like what's Yu-Gi-Oh?" they're like there's a show go check it out i went and did that came back was like yo that's kind of cool um you know i didn't really watch the show like i just kind of saw like images of it and stuff i was like okay cool my homie actually just said you know what i'm gonna go get you a starter deck and i remember he told me he's like do you want a blue dragon or a purple magician and purple wizard (laughs) yeah purple wizard yeah purple magician like something like that and i um you know, I, I'm, I I love blue. That's my favorite color. So I was like, yo, of course I got to have the blue dragon. So, you know, he brings he, he the next day of school, gives me the deck. I'm like, oh, cool. First card is blue eyes, white dragon. I'm like, oh, this is probably the coolest card ever. You know, the next day, I, you know, after school, I go and see the show. And but miraculously enough, like, I believe I did see the, I, it was early on. Like, it was early on in the Duelist Kingdom, like, the first season. And I just remember, yeah. I don't remember what episode it was precisely, but they summoned Blue Eyes White Dragon. And I was like, oh, shit, I have that card. And, you oh, know, shit, I just thought, yeah. yeah, I thought, yo, this has got to be the coolest card ever. And I just, yeah, after that, I just kind of, you know, just was like, okay, cool. We would play each other on the playground. Now, now, granted, I went to a school where, you know, if they could take away your cards, they would. Oh, so yeah. yeah, there were so, some inappropriate it, ones, I guess. You know what it was? It was it was a load of bull, to be honest. <laughs> the the like, harpy I, ladies were always sus. 
Yeah, and the thing was is like if you think back to like 2002, it was only the structured. It was only the starter decks. Excuse me, not even structured decks. It was the starter decks, and it was Legend of Blue Eyes. You didn't have like I don't even think the Harpies were out. I don't even think Harpy Lady was in. Yeah, in LOB. Not, not you basically, the original, yeah. You basically had dragons, you had knights, like Celtic Guardian, Flame Swords. I mean, you had dudes with swords, you, you know what I mean? But, you Gaia. know, yeah, like I went to a Catholic school, so they're going to find any excuse to get rid of that stuff. So we ended up, now this is just showing you how, how crazy we were. We would play in the bathroom. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not that even joking. Super low-key. We would Just be getting... like in the, I mean, you had to do what you had to do because it was not something you could play like in a classroom. You couldn't play it on the, you could try to play it on the, on the, like the schoolyard, you know, away from people who are playing like sports and stuff and all of that. And don't get me wrong. I, I was a sports player too, all that. But like, I loved playing cards. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, yeah. I dabbled in both and like. I just remember it got to the point where they made an announcement that like all card games were just like not allowed. So it was just like, oh, well, that sucks. So we uh, we would, you know, I, I didn't really play in the back. We're going I, over to Johnny's house. Yeah. So 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 funny thing about that is so um, I was born and raised in the Bay Area. So in Northern mm -hmm. California and Johnny Johnny is actually from Wichita, Kansas, for a lot of people who don't know. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, we are we are not in the same state. <laughs> we are not even in the you know the same coast. Like, um, so a lot of people a lot of people do get confused. Um, you know, a lot of people will think that either one of us is from the other's area. It's not actually true, but it, it, it you know it's really cool like how we you know how we came together like over the years. I actually met Johnny at a YCS Long Beach, uh, 2012. The biggest YCS to date it was over like 4,000 players. And that was the first time I met him, like when uh, when he was the biggest channel actually for Yu-Gi-Oh back then. It was actually crazy because Asian Persuasion was oh, like wow. one of the. He was like the OG along with MCO40. You know, shout out to Robbie. And then back in the day, there was a uh, Pause Joker. There was a lot of the the old school old school Yu-Gi tubers. And you know, Pause Joker doesn't make content anymore. He actually owns a shop in Hemet, uh, California, in uh, Southern California. So he actually did go the business route he had a booth at frankenstein's which was a giant warehouse also in southern california and he uh, pierre ended up just going the route of doing like the business stuff like he he ends up yeah, owning cool. the shop i believe they hold locals there um it's pretty far out to be honest if you're not really familiar with southern california but uh if you're around that area it's definitely a place to go uh to go check out because it's just cool to me that he ended up you know going that route and it being successful yeah. but it's um, funny because i didn't know you guys were friends either because i follow yeah. your channel yeah. Uh, and I also follow Asian Persuasion. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think you guys were at one of the, like the YCSs and you guys, both of their, their profiles uh, for people who don't know, they do a lot of heavy deck profiles of bigger events, you know, weird things that top and shit like that. So you guys do deck profiles and yeah. I'm sitting here and I see this the same cover photo for both like videos well not the same one but like a, a little variance but like more or yeah. less like you guys just took a picture and shared it to both of you guys and then edited it how you yep. both edited it yep exactly. and i'm looking at it and i'm like yo why do these look like the same video so i'm watching <laughs> both of these videos and i'm seeing it and then you guys always do the lean a little bit to the right yep, tilt the camera to show, show the other one yep, yep, and i'm yep. like damn that's crazy all these years i've been following both yeah. of them and i didn't know that they were good friends like this like yeah. i just thought that it was that was just some random guy also trying to get a deck profile yeah, until yeah, i realized that you know so it's it's funny how you know things work how small the world really is oh yeah no absolutely johnny's really like one of my best friends in the whole world like we are brothers we are like blood he's actually one of the best men in my wedding like he is like my 
He's like he's like my rock when it comes to to having real friends. Like we're that's all we're all very we're all very very close. And yeah, that's really. Did he make you want to get into YouTubing? Honestly, I got into it like more so back when I was on a team. I was on a a, a team when I was in. Um, it was around like 2011. So I was actually in college, and Did my college was. Oh yeah, it was a uh, it was Team Purple Panda. I, honestly, like to say those words to say that team, like it's it's just super <laughs> nostalgic because it's like yeah, that's where that's where everything started. And my uh, my old captain had a channel which I never knew about. I actually was not big on YouTube, like looking on YouTube for things. Like I'd look things up every once in a while, and then I just don't know what happened. I think someone told me about Yu-Gi-Oh being on YouTube, and I looked it up, and miraculously, I actually found my team captain had a channel and i started watching video after video and i was like dang i was like he's talking about the game he's showing the cards that looks so dope like i want to you know i want to try that out so i ended up making a making my own like extension of that channel and then you know there was uh there were some riffs like i'm not gonna sit here and lie like that we had some riffs oh like, yeah we, there's always we you know that. we eventually had a falling out and you know it you know it is what it is like i didn't let it kind of you know i didn't let it hurt hurt me or anything like i just you know he we kind of just went our separate ways and that's where slim x team symmetry came from i originally started as slim x team purple panda and then after we had our falling out i remade what the channel is today as slim x team symmetry because i made team symmetry and the name is kind of dumb when i think about it but it came from the fact that two of us were playing the same deck and the other two were playing the same deck so we had perfect symmetry yeah. so that's kind of where the name where the name came from I but yeah but um yeah you gotta yeah, you, got, but... you gotta get creative where you can those play on words oh yeah sometimes yeah. And, yeah and it was surprising because i look back and i think my god that's such a long name <laughs> you know what i mean it's such a long name like when you see how how short channel names are these days like it's yeah. a lot easier to remember you know a short name versus a longer name but um that's really like the the um what got me into it and i just you know i was fortunate enough to over the years you know go to a lot of events and you know, I worked with ARG back in the days. So I went to a lot of events. I, you know, got to know. I mean, we always joke about it, but whenever there's a top cut at a YCS, like Johnny and I probably know about 95% of the people in the top cut. Because you, usually yeah. it's the same customers. It's the same top players, and we know them. You know, whether we've profiled them, whether we've talked with them, whether we've vibed with them, whether we've played them. Like, you know, we've, you know, we know the majority of people in the community. And then for the people we don't know, we get the chance to know them. And then usually when someone tops their first time, unless they stop playing, a lot of times they become a repeat topper, and they've we've already got that connection with them. So we just kind of end up knowing everybody, uh, you know, with each event that passes. So so that's always cool. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where it came from, from like the school ground, of course, like everybody else, and then to, uh, you know, to going to the events, to making the channel, and just, you know, just kind of going for it. That's really, you know, like I was telling you guys, like you just kind of go for it, and you know, there really is no whether you win or lose, like with YouTube, it really is just if people want to watch, cool. If they don't want to watch, it is what it is, and you just kind of put exactly. out what you want to put out, like there was a time I put out content I didn't care for and I did it because I thought it's what people wanted to see. I thought it's what was popular and it just wasn't something I personally enjoyed. So those are videos I eventually took down because I was like, those aren't me. Like I was yeah. using someone else's cards to do a deck profile of a deck I knew nothing about. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing yeah. this. So. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, yeah. 
It doesn't feel genuine. And when it doesn't feel genuine, no one's going to want to engage with it because it's, it's not coming from anywhere that people can connect with, you know, because you you can't even connect with it. So I understand exactly. that. Uh, especially when exactly. it comes down to Because most people don't know, and this is probably the first time I'm actually speaking on it on the podcast, but I actually started this podcast with a partner of mine. And we started this with the idea of just, like I said, giving uh, Syracuse something to look forward to or have some kind of entity in. And we were grinding all the way up. It was a lot of uh, one-sided work. I would do a lot of more of the work than he would. Uh, and that's not slandering him per se, but that's just to say that, you know, what the uh, gone honest truth was. So it got to a point where he wanted to back out. And uh, the the breaking, as you guys said, was a little bit, uh, I would say, bloody. It got a little uh, rough there. But we came to a point where he just wanted to walk, and I just let, let, had to let him do his thing. So he left, and I, some people would have let that discourage them or get them down or maybe stop. But I just kind of took the rest of the team, took everyone who was going to be more serious with it and just said, all right, well, now I'm going to make this work because I, I got a point to prove, you know, I got something to prove to myself as well that, you know, I can do this without him. And, you know, this was something that I wanted to do and I'm going to do it regardless of who's with me or not, even if I got to do it my goddamn self. So exactly. Consistency is just key. You always got to keep moving forward. Uh, most Attack on Titan fans actually just, you know, hype got hyped because of the uh, final episode. But as Aaron says, man, you just got to keep moving forward and keep fighting. You know, you never know what's going to be around that next corner or the next breakthrough. Uh, for instance, people who don't know, the Crush Cards is another uh, local, I would not say local, but another uh, New York group that got uh, a lot of popularity and a lot of uh, clout from being featured on a Team Samurai video, who, you know, shouts to both of them. Uh, and it just took that one little spark for them to have the uh, ability and the, you know, growth that they've seen. So that's all it takes is consistency. You just got to stay at it. And as you were saying, you just do it for the love of it. It's not just because you want to make money or because you want to have the greatest things or, you know, have a build, build a big channel. You just do it because I genuinely feel like talking about cards twice a week is fun and I love doing it brad loves his streams we love making content for people and getting people excited about you know the next pack that's available or like the next tournament that we're able to do we do a lot and neg a lot just to make sure that we you know have things that are fun and good for the community and not only our local community but communities you know far and wide that we i'm sending out giveaways to italy and uh virginia and in the states out of stage just to make sure that people have you know what they need like some people may not have playmates playmats some, some people may not have access to these new cards when they come out so to be able to have someone who's going to you know go into the community and give these people what they need or what uh, should be you know there um i just feel as though it's worth it so this is the reason why we do it over here so i, I you know i i agree with your reasoning of just you know you just got to do it you just got to actually generally love the game as you do and that's how it does. So speaking more about the game, though, after giving you know, people a little bit of that inside, you know, that little, you know, behind the scenes footage, uh, what would you say your current favorite deck is? And then because you've been playing so long, maybe you've got a, a wider perspective. But like, what would you say your favorite format to play of all time? If you can go back and play one format for another day for like another couple hours, what would it be? And then why? Why do you feel as though like you're gravitated towards it? Yeah, personally, I would say, and it's usually usually the answer never changes. It's kind of hard though, because I've played. I would say my two favorite formats for sure: Dino Rabbit format, which is a format a lot of players don't actually enjoy, because it was really like a triangle format. You had Dino Rabbit, Insectors, and Windups. I think the reason I liked it so much, I was a Dino Rabbit player the entire time. 
I just, you knew what to expect. You knew you were either playing the Dino Mir, you knew you were playing against Windup, or you knew you were playing against Insector. Like, yeah, there were some other, like, off, off the wall decks at the time, but you kind of just knew, like, okay, you know, am I going to get hand looped? Am I, you know, are they going to, you know, am I going to see Magician Shark? Do I have the Max C? Do I have the Veiler to stop stuff that's going on? Okay, do I, you know, are Insectors going to pop off? Like, are they going to try to pop my board? Are they going to try to, you know, are they going to try to Dragonfly combos? Like, you could Veiler and, you know, Max C was ass against, was ass against Insectors. But, I mean, every once in a while you might get a, you might get a draw or something like that. Like, or Dino Rabbit, you know, you knew, like, all right, are they, you know, when they start with Tour Guide, that could mean so many different things. Like, Tour Guide in the Sangan or Tour Guide in the Tour Guide could mean Dino Rabbit. It could mean, uh, it could mean Wind Up. It could mean uh, even Insectors, I think. There was, yeah, it had played Tour Guide. Like, it could mean so many different avenues. But, like, you pretty much knew the card pool for the format. Like, YCS Long Beach, you knew. I think the only new deck that had come out, I think, for that event was probably trying to think of it was tg stun i think it was or something like that like the skill drain deck mm -hmm. with the you know the deck that hansei actually won uh nationals with like shout out to hansei because he uh you know 11 years later my boy did it again and it, it, it was crazy um winning the before you know the post uh the post covid nationals even though it wasn't called nationals he won again with sword soul which is crazy like yeah, I would say like that would be the format I would want to go back and play. And then a very close second, I don't really know what the format was, but it was when I was able to play Minerva Sworn because fortunately I own at the time, and I still do own it, I owned a prize card Minerva, and I was able to play the Minerva deck, and I was playing a version of it uh, that was called the Totally Minerva deck where you were including in like cards like tin goldfish and chocolate magician girl and um I'm trying to remember what the other card was it was a it was another it was like another level four that you could summon it was another water monster basically and basically you were making bahamut and toad on top of like double omega minerva dweller like all these like crazy xyz's and that deck to me was just so much fun to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty crazy. I mean, there was a lot of interaction back then. I mean, Maxi obviously has been gone for years, like, after that. Like, but I just remember, like, it was just insane. It was so insane, like, playing a deck like that. Plus, I mean, honestly, I think because I had Minerva, I was more inclined to play because, you know, that's a prize card. You know, very hard to get at the time. And I was just fortunate enough to have one. And it was, it was just awesome. I played the crap out of that deck. <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm glad it got reprinted just so I don't have to actually bust out my prize card if I ever want to play old formats, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I still got it. But yeah, if I could go back and play a format, it'd probably be Dino Rabbit 20, the 2011, 2012 Dino Rabbit for sure. And, um, yeah, like favorite deck of all time or like favorite deck currently. Well, yeah. Currently. Like if you were to go to a regional Oof. right now, what do you find yourself picking up and being like, all right, good old reliable honestly like it's, it's a shitty it's a shitty answer but probably just yeah, because no it's answers. it's what i currently own like i actually only have two full decks that i can actually play and they are runic stun and dark world so both of those oh, don't shit. sound the don't sound too inviting to really anyone that plays against them but honestly like looking at the format runic stun would probably be what i would pick because i think the floodgates are better into the format obviously for obvious reasons and dark world if if the format was right for dark world i would pick dark world 10 out of 10 times because i have loved dark world since it first came out and even though the deck is degenerate with the hand loop 
it's still just a crazy combo deck that and i've never been big on combo decks but outside of danger thunder and it it feels almost like danger thunder because you're just summoning so many monsters and just making you know just yeah you're taking going part on. yeah you know silva's crazy like i can't even play it in master duel like which is crazy to me like i they banned silva before before like we even got the new dark world card so the dark world deck in master duel is nothing but a but a spam deck and it's you know it's just not what you know yeah you but can master duel is not it. real so it's it's true it's true i do play master <laughs> duel a lot i do play master duel a lot it's kind of like a break from like the regular tcg and like johnny and i we play it i mean we can still play runic stun in that it's in that in that game so so we just do it we just do it i mean people are going to worlds for it but at a very unhealthy cost so i i hope they change really? that because the only it's reason just... i would play master duel i feel is if they it's just because they got a rise hard stuff yeah 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 no and rise heart is i swear i mean i do my dailies every day and i would say i play on average maybe four or five games a day just to do my dailies depending on you know what what ends up happening and i swear i i probably see a rise heart at least two or three out of those five games like you're gonna see a special summon of a friend rear or a unicorn and you already know what's gonna happen so you just kind of brace yourself for impact but yeah, I, I don't hate Master Duel. I think Master Duel is fine. It's separate from the TCG, and, and you know it is what it is. Needs a lot of fixes to be what it should be, but you know. I've had a discussion where I like Master Duel for the grand purpose of introducing people to the concept of Yu-Gi-Oh and yes. a, a simplified way of playing it. True, true. I don't like Master Duel because although that is the goal is to get people to switch over to, to cardboard when they switch over to cardboard they are immediately greeted with something that is completely different than what they were exactly. used to playing so it's exactly. like that makes no fucking sense to me yeah. a b these people like for example and i i hate to use him as an example my brother is just like the highest example of this because he just doesn't know any better so there was a reason that i was going on at cascales new york not too long ago i want to say it sometime earlier this year and my man just started playing Master Duel like a couple months before that event. So he hits me up and says, hey, is there any place where we can go play Yu-Gi-Oh? I just bought cards. They all came in and I want to play my deck oh, boy. Uh, at a place. <laughs> so I said, yeah, you can go to the locals. I won't be there tomorrow because I'm going to go to a regional because I'm playing more competitively. But you should just go to a locals and just vibe. And he goes, no. I'm going to go to the regional that oh, you are. No. If you're going to play competitive, I'm going to play competitive. This deck does really well when I practice uh -oh. with it. I said, okay, <laughs> where you can go, this is where we're going to be. So I gave him the address. I told him to pull up, and the man pulls up. But the man pulls up at 10 o'clock, has everything. I don't, like, talk to him for that long because the rounds are about to get started. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm doing my – this guy, we get done pretty early, so we gather up. He runs into his buddy. His buddy's telling me, yeah, I just got done playing because my opponent had an illegal deck. Oh, he said the no. dumbass still had Verte Anaconda in his deck when oh, Verte geez. just got banned. And I yeah. said, really? Damn, he must not have known. And he goes, yeah, but it was funny because he had a bunch of other banned cards too. Oh, I feel geez. like he was a master duel player and this is his first <laughs> time playing in the TCG. So yeah. I said, wait, this sounds familiar. Point him out to me. And I no. guarantee, I shit you not, dog, he points right at my brother and oh, says, yeah, damn. that's the guy right there. He's, he brought out Verte and still. <laughs> damn. He probably tried to Maxi him, too. <laughs> Yo, he did have a Maxi! Oh, 
my god, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I do yeah, so agree. Like, those are the, that's I do that's agree why I don't that. like Master Duel, dog. Yeah, yeah, no, I do agree. I, I, my one thing I'll say about Master Duel, if they could just make it for current TCG two, it could do wonders. It could open so many doors. You see, but so they gotta things. decide on what yep. one. Is it gonna be TCG or are they gonna commit to OCG? I think you they've committed. Un I think they've committed, unfortunately, to OCG. It really seems like they follow everything there, and it's just like I mean, it is what it is. Like when they drop ban lists so frequently, you just kind of never know what to expect. But like, luckily, I mean, it's just kind of like once you kind of pick a couple decks. Like I'm not gonna sit here and build 20 different decks. Like I'll pick a couple decks just to get my gems, just to grind through, and yeah. honestly, like it's it's fine system. yeah yeah it's fine like i i don't think you have to spend a penny in the game to do well literally like there are so many ways to get free gems like once you know how to do your dailies like i've been sitting on 10k gems like month after month and i just have so many gems i have to purpose i have to just spend them on cards because my 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 freaking yeah. gift box is just full of crap so i'm like all right well i guess we'll craft this all right yeah whatever get rid of it don't care like i have the stuff i want and yeah i mean it's again i think it's fine to get some players into the game but i think it needs to be known that if you're getting into that you're not gonna be playing like that when you get to the actual cardboard tcg yeah it should be it should be announced that hey this isn't the tcg nor the ocg but it's, its own thing if you intend on playing in-person irl like events please be sure to, to go purchase and check out the tcg ban list and make sure that your cards are all legal and yada yada this you know I think there just should be some parameters of letting people know that this ain't this ain't the real deal either way because you can't go to ocg playing with the with the ban list that uh master duel has and you can't go to tcg with it either so it's weird it is it is very weird but yeah but i mean would you consider yourself a competitive player like i mean do you think or do you think that you know you're just a kind of casual low-key like i try and stay informed but like i may not be competitive because some people who grind master duel try to do it to like gain new knowledge and some people just do it just to enjoy the game so like do you, you kind of see yourself more on the competitive edge yeah i would say 100 percent competitive i've always really played the game competitive now i've played some pretty casual decks but i've also been known to play meta and i've even dabbled you know especially talking about runic stun like i've dabbled in anti-meta i've played decks like guru control i've played you know anti-meta decks because i wanted to know the full aspect i've played combo decks before i've played mid-range decks before like mech knight for example is a deck that johnny and i have played forever and it's a mid-range deck it's it's definitely not top tier it's i wouldn't put it in the trash can i i wouldn't say it's that bad it was just a deck that you know we really liked and we saw potential in and we played it a lot and it was uh it's just a mid-range deck that you know it can win a lot it can lose a lot it a lot of players don't know what the cards do they really don't read them and you can get a lot of wins off that which is cool but i definitely use master duel as a tool to use it because i will play you know i will play runic or i will play you know unfortunately cash tira just with rise heart just came a little too late you know that's a problem with a lot of the sets they release them they release them and the best cards are out but you can't actually convert that over to the tcg kind of like what we were talking about you actually can't yeah. convert that over so you don't get that full interaction so you have to use like other platforms like edo pro or dueling book and i mean if you got the patience for dueling book by all means i do not so yeah ED, edo pro is my more, yeah yeah 
I, I enjoy EDO Pro a little bit more than I enjoy the other ones as well. But I do agree with most people saying that the competitive practice is on DB. But it is. I do understand that there, that also comes with its own like pros and cons. Like, of course, you're getting more competitive practice, but it comes at a cost of you have to be uh, at the table. It's like you have to be more focused. Master Duel is something. That's why I kind of say, well, people who play Master Duel not are casuals, but like they have like a more of a casual kind of mind state of like just one game. We're here to have fun, just chill. I want to play the cards I like. Whereas yep. the competitive players are all on DB because it takes more time. You have to play it on like a laptop or uh, like a desktop. You're not playing that on your phone. You know, you yeah. have to, there are rules. Judges get called. There's like actual rankings and shit like that that matter. Like that yeah. people like actually grind for. So it's more competitive. But as you said, it's more of a time commitment. There are more sweaty people, more tryhards, more the toxicity is there. Like, you know, of course, with every, you know, every pro is going to be a con. So just take it at your own, like, I guess, will exactly exactly I, I like i said i use it as a tool i use it as something as a little break from and i think it's because i'm hopeful I, I that's one thing with me i'm pretty optimistic with most things that maybe one day it'll convert into a real simulator for us so i i hold that idea in the back of my head and i'm just like you know what maybe it'll happen one day maybe it won't for the meantime i can still play a decent amount of the actual cards i'm playing in the tcg and to me, I look at it like, okay, yeah, you can get up in rankings. To tell you the truth, it don't get you shit at the end of the day. It don't matter if you're at, yeah. what is it, Bronze 5, or I think it's now, they have the new rank, Master 1, whatever the hell it is. All you're getting is extra gems, and I gotta be honest, I got too many gems that I know what to do with, so it really doesn't mean anything to me. I think yeah, the, only sure. cool, the only cool thing is if you get into the Master rank, when the new season starts, you're in Platinum, or you're in Diamond instead of Platinum. That's the only difference. Yeah. So you can grind a little quicker, like, and you might play more competitive decks. But honestly, like, wh I, what am I? What am I really playing for? Like, I play Runic Stun on there. I got one Amano Awado. You know, I've got yeah semi limited. You know, you know. Shout out to you hey. guys. Semi, I got semi limited hey. Ru Ru Runic spells Where, left and right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> left and right. Like, I mean, the Runic spells are like. Are at like two each like it's like crazy like all the good ones and then um i think what's cool about master duel right now if you're playing runic and if you're actually playing runic in the tcg is time tearing morganite came to master duel so mm -hmm. it's the same thing when you play that card you're doing pot of greed every turn and it is just absolutely insane i love so. how you're just advocating for war crimes on this christian channel. yeah 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 it's it's it's, just, it's, it's you're just saying hey guys <laughs> if, there's no better time to play stun well, you yeah. can draw two of your floodgates and normal two of your yep. floodgates at the yep. same yep. time. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, a better time. Come join and, us. Yeah, and to be fair, like on Master Duel, though, all the floods are at one, or I think Tikaboo's at two. So it's like, yeah, you got one drain, one rivalry. I think one goes in. That's honestly like, how yeah. it should be. Yeah, yeah, and, like and, thing, and, yeah. And the crazy thing is it's still playable. So in my head, it's like, if they do that to the TCG, you're going to see some wild people out there, probably like me and Johnny, trying to find ways to still play it. As long as we still have a runic fountain and we still have, as long as tip doesn't get banned, I think we're still in it. Yeah, I think that I was saying the same thing. I think tip should have been limited to one and probably yeah. could have stayed at three. People are only playing two fountain anyway. So, I mean, at least in the TCG. So tip would have got hit to one. All it is is they're not searching the out that they need every single turn exactly because, you know they don't have access to three it's just all right i'll search it it's going to go back into the bottom of the deck and then i gotta dig that shit back out later yep. on like, exactly you know, so I, I think that's way better personally but hey yeah. konami does what they fucking want to do yep. so like, i guess fountain two is the 
low key sauce that they needed to calm the deck down or knock it <laughs> exactly. a representation. So exactly. But I I only asked that because I really kind of take everyone's uh, experience into considerations when I ask them things in these discussions, just to kind of get a little bit more on like the player and the the person that I'm talking to that we're interviewing. Uh, but it kind of seemed like when I asked you earlier, you said your your favorite format was the Dino format because it was a a trio, a, a triangle format. It was you said Dino Rabbits, there was windups, and there was Zector. Yep. So are you more? Does that mean you favor more defined formats versus undefined formats? Uh, because is that something that you more prefer? Because for you know those who are listening, defined formats are more when there is something about like a big three where the top three decks are going to be most likely what you're playing against competitively and people know how to side against them. They know the lines of play, where to interact with them, yada, yada. And then there are more undefined formats, kind of like what we're in right now, where there's a lot of different decks that are in the format, a lot of different viable strategies that are still uh, being able to climb into some sort of represent representation or have success with certain pilots. And it's harder to side for seven, eight, nine, ten different decks that might be played versus the three that you know might be guaranteed you're going to be playing against on your way up to, you know, through those Swiss rounds. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say for sure myself personally, it would be I'm more of a favor of a defined format, but I'm not opposed to an open format. Like you were saying, we were talking about this before we started recording. My whole policy in this game has always been adapt to the format no matter what the format is figure it out to the best of your ability and adapt don't complain don't bitch about it i've said it before in videos and i'll and i'll say it again right now if you love this game you will play it in the good formats and the bad formats yep. i've been i've been there from the playground Yu-Gi-Oh to the Teledad formats to the the only format I missed and I always have to mention that because I did mention I did miss it there was a period of time I wasn't playing I did miss Necros format and I've been told by a lot of my you know my friends in this game it was one of the best formats I've heard of it from both ends because it was a very skillful format the mirror match was very skillful and it was you know you knew what the format was you knew necros was around you knew there was the gin lock you knew there was a lot of things i think a lot of people didn't expect ba to come out and just kind of give necros a trouncing like it was pretty nuts like i don't think anyone really saw that coming until it happens but i played like in all these formats i played in the danger ftk's formats i played in the pendulum Even FTK format. formats. yeah i mean playing in that was crazy yeah. And I mean, here I am, you know, we were trying to play Runic even back then, like when it first came out. And you're trying to deck out this deck that literally has shufflers that just laugh at you. And I mean, theoretically, they damn near deck us out because, you know, they're making us mill so many cards over and over and over again. And, you know, it's um, it was it was a shitty format if is what people were saying. But in my head, I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, it could be worse. Like, I always think a format could be worse. It could be better. Like just knowing like what's out there it's like you just kind of got to play it like even you know uh you know they mill the whole deck like you, everyone saw how crazy the mirrors can be for tier like i never played tier like myself i never piloted it yeah 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 exactly exactly <laughs> exactly like it, it's crazy like how high the the chain links got like with a lot of the stuff but it's like you know you kind of just you just kind of roll with the punches is what i've always said with the format and 
you know, you're going to have better seasons than others. You're going to have seasons where you do really well, seasons where you don't do so hot, seasons where you just dog shit. Like, it happens. Like, you're going to have those seasons, and I don't think it's enough to quit the game. Like, when I think about the game, I never, outside of the one time I didn't play, I never considered quitting. I never considered saying, you know, I'm not going to play this no more. Like, yeah, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to find a way. I'm, I have the resources to you know to learn what the format is the resource to the yeah. cards if i need them and you know it may take me a little longer than others to learn a deck since i play pretty simplified decks but you know like when i played when i picked up danger thunder which i hadn't played a combo deck in a long time this was like for the first 3v3 uh shout out my boy ed exception like taught me how to play the deck better like how to do the combo lines better and it made a world of difference like learning that deck i loved thunder dragon colossus i loved that thunder deck i loved everything that it could do playing Sekka's light with no other spells was insane like your end board was crazy and you know then going to you know going from a combo deck like that then going to like a control deck in like guru control or going to a stun deck like runic stun or back to a combo deck with dark world like there were so many different avenues, you know, mid-range with like Mech Knights or like a lot of these other decks. Like I've had a variety of decks I've played. I've played in every format minus one basically. And I mean, I, I mean, shit, I played back in the day when you could play Cyberstein. Like, I feel like when it yeah, was, right. yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I've been, a, being, I've got, God, I'm trying to think what year that was. I was like 15 or 16 and like, you know, I own one Cyberstein, which is a rare that I pulled from a booster pack, and I couldn't believe this card that I saw in the Game Boy Advance game was real, and it was a yeah. rare, and I didn't know it was a prize card worth, like, a house. I never knew that, and summon Cyberstein, pay 5,000, Cyber Twin Dragon, limiter removal, boom. Like, like little things like that were really cool, like, back then, and then, you know, Stein was a card that, you know, we've seen it, like, pop up every once in a while. Like, it's kind of crazy, like old cards always come back so it's really cool like you kind of go down memory lane if you've been playing as long as i have like to really just see yeah. like some cards come back and you know i i didn't hate dragon ruler format either i played dragon rulers and i loved it i knew what the format was it was dragon rulers spell books maybe some evil sworn and is what it is you know so yeah and i agree with you too as far as like you kind of just got to adapt and stop complaining because a lot of people do feel like they're complaining. There are tons of cards that are quote-unquote ban-worthy. I remember when Boral Sword was a thing and everyone oh, was like, yeah. ban Boral Sword because <laughs> all the games are ended by Boral Sword OTK. But that never became a thing. Then I remember, oh yeah, ban Calamities because that bring out or that can get brought out with Crimson Dragon and it's oh, going to be yeah. degenerate. And then now they're not even doing that shit. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So like everyone exactly. Everyone wants to complain about and hype these problems up, these mountains in the molehills. Oh, sorry. These uh, molehills in the mountains, <laughs> and it's just crazy to me because I am am of also where you stand. Where my core belief in competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is, you should be able to build your deck to be able to beat anything. Period. Like that's the whole point of Yu-Gi-Oh. My deck is the best. Period. It doesn't matter what your strategy is. I'm going to beat you because my deck is superior. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at all the duelists and all of these animes, they always stay on a certain archetype or something like that. And they always say that their cards are the best it's because they thoroughly believe it. That's what they are. Like that's, they know their strategy, whether it's a shitty strategy or not, they know it. And you need to, as a duelist, be able to do the same thing. My deck is good to play whatever. I can take Sprite, which I play with right now on a competitive level 
anywhere and feel comfortable playing it, whether it's against a tier deck, whether it's against an Unchained deck, whether it's against a Rescue Ace deck, whether it's against anything else that's in the format, any sort of Rogue, Labyrinth, any other that wild shit, uh, Red Resonators, dog. I, I've, I know those decks and my deck enough to be able to navigate those waters. So I'm a big believer in there, whether it's an undefined format or not, you need to make sure that you know how to be beat these decks. So I hate when people want to use that as an excuse. Oh, I couldn't side correctly because I can't side for 15 decks. Well, then you shouldn't have a deck that has 15 different problems that are in the format. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. As you say, Dark Dark World, very, very strong deck, but not when it gets drolled. Very, yeah. very strong deck, but not when it gets shifted. Very, yeah. very strong deck, but not when you get the, the uh, mid-combo nib. You yep, know what I'm saying? Yep, like, there's a lot 100%. of things that can shut things down. So like, you just got to find a way. And so I do agree that you can complain, but it's only good into a certain standpoint or to a certain extent. Because after that, it's just, all right, there's a skill gap, I guess. You you can just fall behind and complain, or you can get better. And as you say, lab up. Find out what the, fu the fuck the <laughs> format's about. What are the cards? What are these end boards uh, looking like? What do they put up? Do they put up? Four negates they put up two negates and a disruption is it all hand disruption is it field disruption is a front row is a back row do i need side cards to get rid of back row because my main engine can spot remove monsters yada yada like there's so many things that you can do as far as labbing you don't need to wait for someone to net deck or figure it out you can go figure it out for yourself if you want to complain that much exactly exactly i think you said it well and i know i got a little like on a, i went on a little bit of a semi-tangent but like i think the reason why <laughs> i i prefer like the defined only because you know as you mentioned you know you know what to side for but what i've learned in the open formats is that what you look for in side decking is you look for you know universal cards that can answer multiple decks in one and you really look at the number 15 kind of becomes like your centerfold because you know you can have 15 slots and you have to think okay what do they entail like if you're citing 15 cards out of your deck as you mentioned then you have too many problems with your deck if you're citing in yeah. your entire side deck against you know the meta you have to you know the the players who are really good at the game always know what's coming in and what's coming out they know how many cards go in against a certain matchup they know what cards hit the deck more than others like for example xyz encore against pearly is just insane like it's a basically not even up for discussion how good that card is then you have the players who you know who will go towards herald of the abyss because they're playing a card like thrust so you see there's different avenues you can go it really comes down to what your main deck is doing your side deck is there to support it that's really what it is exactly like, to support your main goal your main deck idea your gimmick exactly and that's like one thing like side decking has always been a struggle for me i i will admit i think side decking is one of the hardest things and mastering it is you know it i think like i i think like you never truly master side decking because even some of the best players to ever pick up the game have even mentioned in their profiles my side deck was not the best i didn't like that i sided this i never sided this card in this card never did anything this card could have been anything expected else i like, to see this didn't see that yeah, at all never saw it and you know there's there's so many different uh you know different avenues that you know in different uh, situations that can occur that you may side in a card that's the best card against the deck and as you mentioned you never see it so you don't have the data on for me personally it wasn't that good but i know it's good so i sided it but i just never saw it and I mean, there's going to be those factors too. And I think that that's just the thing is whether it's a defined format, whether it's an open format, you know, just go in, 
with an open mind to say and you know to take advice from players who are better than you who give you side decking suggestions or main decking mm -hmm. suggestions who, and like who don't understand. yeah for sure yeah don't immediately disregard it because you don't like what they're telling you they're telling you you're playing a bad card they're telling you you're playing a bad card because nine times out of ten you probably are playing a bad card like there's just and no don't take it to heart either they're not yeah. telling you because you know they you know they're hating you for playing this card but they're trying to say hey maybe they're trying you to help you because that's the difference exactly if someone comes and tells you i think even if you're playing against someone on like a regional level some a regional level or like a ycs level or something like that and you play against someone and you lose and they say hey maybe you should take this card switch it for something else yeah you might feel salty because you lost you might feel some kind of way because they beat you but that doesn't make what they're saying any less valuable information. It doesn't matter how it's presented to you, it's just the information that is presented. So hey, maybe you should look at those cards. Maybe they're onto something. Maybe they know a little bit better. Maybe that's how they, they knew how to beat you. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to take that shit not to heart, but to the mind, you know what I'm saying? To dissect, all right, well, what are they trying to get at with this? Where does it, you know, maybe this, this does help a weakness of mine or, you know what I'm saying? But the second you take it to heart and brush off that, that advice or that um, constructive criticism, it, that's when you start not developing as a player. That's when you start being, I would say, a sore you know, loser and someone who doesn't want to grow as a duelist. I've taken plenty of L's. And uh, I don't know, most people who know who Eric Christensen is, he's one of the oh, yes. highest ranked Yu-Gi-Oh players in you know the United States. But he goes to our locals all the time and I play against him multiple times. And it's funny because I keep a you know mental, and he also keeps a mental note of every time we play in the record we played. We He was three three and one against me last format. So I only beat him once and he beat me three times uh, at locals the, all of last format. Uh, so there's times where he'll let me know as soon as we get done and he beats me, he's like, oh damn, you got that, sh that ass deck or we'll sit down and he'll i'll say all right or he'll say yeah i lost this game to you but let, let's go back and play it so that way i can see what it would have been if we did it this way and yep. we play it all out and i do the same things and then maybe he'd win that game if he would have thought it out sooner or something like that you know what i'm saying but because he sat there and talked it out with me we're both becoming better players because of it and you get to learn things from better players like that who are giving you their insight as you said and letting you see things from a more competitive standpoint than more of a I want to play the cards I want to play stands standpoint. No, exactly. I think that's a fantastic example that you gave, like being able to learn from your losses, number one, and number two, being able to take constructive criticism from someone who's clearly better than you. Like being able to acknowledge that is what can help any player grow. And that's something I learned, of course, you know, getting older, you do mature with a lot of things, but I think, you know, having, you know, being basically being what I consider a veteran in the game, a lot of players, and it's a sign of respect for a lot of like content creators like myself, Johnny, Robbie, like we are considered veterans in this game's, you know, lifespan because we've been around for everything. And, you know, it really is a sign of respect that, you know, you're referred to as a veteran, but you're also just that you learn to take criticism, whether it's good advice or bad advice. Like I would always take advice from someone who I think, you know, played really well or is better than me. And I know there's a tons of players that I'm going to play or that I played that are way better than me and have given me advice and it's made a world of difference and it's just something I think it's a you know Yu-Gi-Oh should be a game where you're constantly learning and you're not being stagnant but you're progressing like that's really the main thing is you don't want to be stuck you know just not improving 
because of your yeah. own like stubborn you know your own your own stubbornness to be honest like yeah if some if someone ego. told it's all ego. exactly exactly and that's one thing is like you got to leave your ego at the door because when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh, i mean you know it's your day or it's not you know and that's just really what it is a lot of these players who win ycs is it's their day a lot of players you know who consistently top they they know the formula they know what to do they've done it enough to know it and you know you're gonna have those days like if we look at the last ycs the two the two guys in the finals yeah like everyone thought pack and chris was gonna be the finals it sounded like an insane possibility that chris leblanc and pack are going to play in the finals of ycs richmond two different decks two phenoms one who's been playing since they were a little kid now they're a very big kid with five yeah. ring with five rings and you have pack who in my personal opinion is one of the best to come along in i honestly don't yeah, remember the last time rookie I, of the year yeah with without a doubt and honestly one of the i would say not only one of the nicest people i personally know but one of the smartest people i know because he puts in an amount of commitment that I can't even fathom to this game. Like he, in his, his, his success, you know, is a reflection of that. And I think that when you have someone like that, that's someone, if you're coming into this game, you know, you may not be able to, you know, reach his status or his accolades that he's, you know, racked up, but I would always look to someone like that with nothing but admiration because they put in the time, they put in the effort and look at what they've, turned it into and i think what blew people away was everyone thought chris and pack could potentially be the finals of this ycs that's absolutely insane and then it ended up not happening they both ended up losing in top four and then we had two new players who you know unless they were from your local area and it's no knock to them they both did amazing if they're not from your local area you don't know them personally this may be your first time finding out who these two mm, players are and, yeah. and they're both playing unchained and regardless whoever wins that finals you know they're going to be a ycs champion for the first time and you're going to slowly learn their name because of that and i think that's just the thing is that it was their day to make it to the finals it was their day to to play and beat two of the best players currently in the game and it's just crazy when you think about it like it's definitely uh i heard some mm -hmm. no, no no as you said finish oh yeah no i'm just saying it was it was definitely their day yeah i i've heard one um sorry i heard ms no what is it no i heard mbt one time on one of his shorts and he was talking about tailorments and how it, it was named a casino deck and how is this casino deck doing good how is this luck-based deck you know topping all these events and he was saying you have to make yourself lucky and in that point he meant like you have to give yourself the highest amount of chances to get lucky so like if i have to mill five cards the best mills are going to be when i've thinned out all the other cards from my deck and i have nothing but names left like yeah that's how you get yourself lucky when you make sure your ratios are four to one you know i'm sorry as far as like names to hand traps and starters and shit like that like that's how you make yourself lucky so i do agree that there is a certain point of like it's your day but there if you research enough and you do enough of the back work 
to knowing not only what your deck does and how it interacts into the format, but knowing what other decks do and how they interact and how you're able to disable them or stop them and or uh, just turn them on, you know, break boards or whatever, then you'll be able to progress as a a player instead of just, you know, leaving it up to, yeah, yeah, it is their day, but know that there's a lot that went into that day for most players. Like, I don't want anyone to hear this to just think that, oh yeah, I can just, as I am right now, go to a YCS and it'll be my day. No, 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 no. You still got to put in the work that they put in to understand and beat players like Chris LeBlanc and Pac in the semifinals of the, you know, fucking YCS, so... Absolutely. And I, I think, um, speaking of, I think we're going to the last topic for tonight because I don't want to keep you here for too, too long. Um, but a lot of people at our local scene were talking about, well, or they're talking about quote unquote good cards. And for those who don't know, they were talking about if you want to be a good card, quote unquote, in this meta, then you have to do a mandatory of three different things. And now we, they took cards like Barone de Flor. They took cards like Diabell Star, you know, Snake Eyes, the Black Witch, whatever that bitch is. You know, Arise Heart, rest in peace, the real one. <laughs> Kalina Heart, they, they mentioned things like Bissiel Dispatar or Dispatter, Borland Dragon. All of these monsters do multiple things. They all, they look at Baron de Flor, it negates an Omni Negate once per turn. Once or once while it's face up on the field, once per turn, it can destroy a card on the field, and then it's got recursion where it can tag itself out for another card in your graveyard, i.e., something that was made for its synchro summon or something else in your graveyard. So, like, that's three different things. The new Diabell Star special summons itself by pitching any card in his hand. If it gets sent to the graveyard by your or uh, on your opponent's turn by any means, you can special summon itself back. When it's special summoned, it gets to set a card directly from the deck to your field. That shit's broken. Uh, a rice heart was a macro cosmo on wheels that attached everything every time something got banished. It detached three to banish on your you know quick effect face down, which it was insane. Uh, things like Boralen can't be targeted by monster effects, can't be targeted by either player can't respond to its activation it's a once per turn blanket negate by sorry by so once per turn target negate but it's a permanent negate and it's insane like it just does a lot of things can't be destroyed by battle yada yada all the things that you want a boss monster so what do you think are the qualifications that you would say are good for a card to be considered meta like what do you think those three things should be like honestly that's always been like a rough question because like i think to myself like there's like you mentioned the, the cards you mentioned you know barone and of course diabelle star rise hard of course rest in peace and then like all the cards that have come out like, <laughs> I th- I th- yes rest in peace rise hard yeah. make my starlight's worth it yeah. um to me it has to do something uh, like it has to do something that other cards do not but then it can also mimic cards of the past uh, a card I a card I always look to as a card that when it came out I could not believe it was real was Triple Tactic Talents. Triple Tactic. And, yep. and the reason for that is you know again being a veteran player having played for years I played Confiscation, I played Forceful Sentry, I played Change of Heart, Brain That's Control, cool. Brain Control, Snatch Deal, all those cards, and you know before they 
got those horrible erratas, but we will not touch that <laughs> with a 50 We'll speak pole. of them in their glory. Yeah, the, the glory days when they were real Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I looked at that card and I said, this is no way in hell this is a real card. Someone's pulling my leg. How can a card like this exist that is mimicking three banned cards? Mm. How is this? This is, at the time, the most insane spell card I've ever read in my life. You mean to tell me if my opponent hand traps me, I basically can look at their hand, I can take their monster, or I can draw two? Like, what? <laughs> like, I would say, like, like as you mentioned, Baron DeFloor. Baron DeFloor is, honestly, like, when you think of Synchro 10s now, that's the card you think yeah. of. It's such a... All around you know, Synchros, yeah. Exactly. It's a card that is very, you know, is very straightforward how to make it. It's a level 10, so you know, simple math, add up to 10, have a tuner add up to 10 sword soul to me did it best when the card came out it was so easy mm. so easy to get to a barone after a she shower whatever it was and baron de floor like you mentioned it having its multiple effects you know two of them are really like i would say what's really used i would say all the times i played against baron de floor it was rare that it got tagged out but it's negate and it's pop made it insane and i think another thing that made it crazy is it was kind of big <laughs> you know 3k i think yeah 3k attack i can't remember its defense off the top of my head but you know and you would only put it in defense if you feared lightning storm but in all honesty like you could just negate the lightning storm if that was really the situation but it was a card that was easy to make it was a negate which was insane because anything that negates for the most part is good i'm the negates yeah and the fact that it was on legs you know mm. is crazy that it's also a monster so it automatically puts pressure it's not a one-for-one -one trade yeah. where you know like i'm negating something for example with solemn judgment and then it goes to my graveyard i used a card you used a card you know even trade fair trade like you know it's more of i negated your card but my big three thousand attack point monster is still here you got to answer yeah. it in battle or by another effect and if you don't the negate comes back and I'm going to pop a card of yours. Yeah. So to yeah. me, Barone was just one of the, another insane card. I would say a card to be, to be really just like meta, you know, just splash into the meta has to do something that other cards don't, number one. Number two, it has to, it doesn't always have to be an Omni Negate. Recurability is big too, you know, with like Diabell Star is yep, big. Recur. It's just being able to recur or, you know, as I mentioned, talents, just because, I mean, I think talents was just isn't a class of its own, though, just because it really did just go over and beyond to just make yeah. an insane spell card. It, like, it is it is the exact definition of a game changer. Yeah. And even like I would say at the time, like everyone remembers, I, I don't know how I forgot the name of the set, but the set that Triple Tack and Droplets came out in. It was you know, Rise of the Duelist. Rise of the Duelist. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, Rise was absolutely. I speak highly of that set. I mean, it gave Dogmatica cards. If you were a huge Alistair fan, like I was, it gave Nadir Servant. It gave, you know, I remember, you know, shout out to Pete because I remember when I told him, "Hey, Pete, this is the cards I need," and you already know it's gonna be a lot, and. It was like three talents, three droplets, three ecclesia, two to three floor to lead, two to three maximus, three to near servant. Like there were just, I mean, it was just mind boggling how many cards were good in that set. And 
Talents was just my god. The first time yeah. I played it, you know, we were, I want to say we were in lockdown, if I recall, and I was playing remote locals, and I just remember doing full Alistair combo with the Dogmatica stuff, setting up Winda, and Talenting on top of it. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, that's just not fair. And then the same thing would happen to me. My opponent would do their combo. I'd hand trap them. Then I'd get talented on top of it. I'm like, Jesus, this mm -hmm. is like crazy. Like, yeah, it, it, it really was a, you know, game-defying card, format-defying yeah. card. I, I would say things like that, too. Recurability is definitely something big. It needs to be, as you said, have uh, attack that's formidable, which I would say 3K or higher is formidable. Uh, cards like... Um, the Bissiel Death Pattern has 3,500. Borland 3,500. Even main deck monsters. I think the best main deck. Oh, sorry. I think the best um, structure deck boss monster would be UCT. A special oh, summon yeah. itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, not even close. It I sends agree. for, you know, it could attack every monster. It sends for 1,000 damage. Like, it does so, so much for what it does. I'm sorry. It does a lot for the game state and you know what it archetype it entails it to do but that's like the qualifications it's beat as big as shit 3500 it's a disruptor uh, uh other boss monsters such as like dune king Balardrock, recursion comes every turn it um negates or banishes uh it can be pitched off with um any of the other zombie cards that it's played with it's got synergy there synergy is another big you know i think a qualification to be a good card decks have to be able to have synergy to bring you out certain things like crimson dragon are super strong but not everyone's going to be able to make a you know synchro 12 using two uh, tuner and non two non-tuners you know what i'm saying and it's just very very specific but if it flows within your deck that's something that's another qualification of a good card such as baron de floor being able to be splashed into not only sword soul but anything else that synchros into 10 or has the ability to put a, a bestial and a, a level four tuner out in the field type deal so no, i think those are absolutely. all good qualities uh, you have, do you have any other qualities that you think that are necessary of a, a card to be good yeah i think you really hit it, hit the nail on the head for that one to me if it's a card that every deck could universally play it is for sure it meets all those qualifications it's a good card talents yeah, was a card loaded. every yeah, Talents is a card every every deck could play. Droplets was basically a card every deck could play. Uh, Baron de Floor, in all honesty, okay, not every deck can play it, like for obvious reasons if you're not playing a tuner, but if your deck has the ability to add in a tuner and you can make it, then it's crazy. You know, um, Rise Heart, you know, is, you know, was literally a macro cosmos. Like, it was it was crazy. And, I mean, mm -hmm. for anyone that played Macro Rabbit, like, you know, got to take yeah. it back there. Be able to like, uh, slap it over one name yeah yeah you know, like like yeah like it, anything yeah it was really straightforward like how easy it was to summon like I, I think simplicity is also a key thing if you're not going jumping through a bunch of hoops to get there then it makes a good card if it's pretty straightforward like like you mm -hmm. said slap rise hard on top of one thing you're good to go you know burn the floor two monsters get to count to 10 you got there like yeah. you know another one and i you know i often think back to uh to the way people would win games with Boral Sword, basically, uh, you know, this was even before Boralend, you basically could just find a way to just get to Boral Sword, yeah, which was pretty out, straightforward. Game close out, and, yeah. yeah, and just close out the game every time. It was very, uh, it was very efficient. I think if a card Access is efficient, code is like that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Another absolutely. Card that just closes out games, being able yep. to get as high as fifty three hundred, uh, 
popping up to two, even three cards on the field to be able to clear way for him to attack, and then slapping another monster down just to be able to go for game, that's kind of crazy. Or making uh, it with an update jammer in oh, yeah. <laughs> to make it attack twice, that's crazy. Exactly. No, I think those are all valid points, and I think that... It, you know simplicity you know being able to close out a game if it accomplishes your end goal then it's a you know i think then it's if, if, it, if it can win you the game i think it's also it's a it can literally be that thing like i mean it's crazy you you see how good talents is you know in the format you know you'll see a lot of players play it and then i always bring up dark world just because it's a deck i play dark world is the deck where it will play just one copy of talents maybe it'll play a copy of thrust depending on you know if you can you know find the room for it you should never play more than 40 in that deck that's just for obvious reasons because yeah, sure. you have a goal in mind but the talents is there as a card that basically would want to do two out of the three options but mainly its goal is to look at the hand to take the last card out of your opponent's hand or possibly the yep. first card out of your opponent's hand depending on you know the situation exactly and it's a card that you know even that deck is playing and you know again i love dark world just personally don't feel it's the format for it but talents is a card that just yeah you can just literally do it you technically could even play access code in that deck like if you notice we keep mentioning the same cards they are game defining because they're cards that every run-of-the-mill deck could find a way to play without hurting their engine i think if you can play a deck that as you mentioned supports a card that supports your deck but doesn't take away from what your deck is meant to do then it is a good card in the game it is a good card in the format and you know i feel like there's just always going to be cards you know even thrust like thrust came out of nowhere again you know it just and thrust was a card that like yeah it i mean what deck theoretically couldn't play it like yeah you yeah. may not want to main deck it you might want to side deck it or whatever but it's a yeah, but being able card. to get any any normal yeah. spell trap from your hand or set it to the field let's say you get hand trapped and all right cool they just hand loop themselves for the imperm and the ash that they had cool thrust set d barrier and now i know that i'm good on my turn because they're not playing on theirs you know what i'm saying exactly like, strong cards being able to switch the game i think being able to sway the game in your favor is also important being able to put the advantage in your side uh cards like droplet and even uh ultimate slayer being able to prevent your opponent from responding super poly type effects i think is crazy i think that's another qualification for good cards protection um something like boral end where like you can't target it or you can't destroy it by card effects it can't be destroyed by battle and it's a big ass attack stick you know what i'm saying so those are definitely qualifications i think that also determine hey this card is not to be fucked with and it's something of, of being a staple in i would say so to say in its uh area oh no absolutely yeah super poly super poly's in the class of its own though i will i will say that super poly's been around yeah, for does a so much. really long time i think they just yeah. cannot respond it's pretty crazy yeah that's too always crazy. been too crazy yeah like i like i mean counter traps have existed for a while but the fact that you can't even counter trap this card is uh is something yeah else. not being able to respond is crazy that's why droplets uh insane because you can sub spell trap monster and your opponent's not chaining shit to it you're gonna resolve that you know what i'm saying it's, it's insane just to be able to close out a chain which is something that allows the interaction between players is i think almost op sometimes absolutely absolutely but, but i don't want to take you guys up for too long i have had this guy in here for more than an hour 
and I appreciate every minute of it. So we are looking forward to the next time we're going to have him on. But before we close out, I just want to mention that uh, for Upstate News, for those who are aware, Millennium Games in Rochester is hosting an OTS Championship Sunday, November 19th at 11 a.m. Uh, they usually tend to have about an average of 40 to 60 players. So uh, probably, I would say, maybe about 50. About I want to go ballpark around 50 this time just because it is a Sunday. Uh, but make sure that you are prepared accordingly. Uh, four invites will be given to Nationals of next year for the top four along with the winner first place receiving the special play mat and i've seen them it is the dark dragon dark hole dragon mat and it's really really good it, it is really, gorgeous really clean. i've seen that shit it's super super nice yeah yeah i really do talk highly of it it's a very very nice mat so be sure to be on the lookout for that i will be there with the rest of the semi-limited team with uh mr perfect and mr teaster we're all coming out uh, also we'll be doing content so be sure to come up there and come get an a uh, YouTube video or maybe a TikTok and we'll chit chat it up or come get your picture or whatever it is where we make sure that we reach out to you and interact with you guys while we're up there. Uh, be sure to check out our Discord which is also in that link tree link which is down below to join a part of the community and chit chat with us and get direct contact maybe ask questions that we could talk to about guests like uh, Slim when we have them on and you guys can be interacting with us for, uh, there as well. Also, shout outs to Unplugged Gaming for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you so much, Joe, for all the things you do and all the other sponsors out there. And also for Brad, who will be streaming on Twitch every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is the East Coast New York time for those who are outside of the United States. Uh, he will be deck testing and theorying and all that stuff on Master Duel, EDO Pro, DB, whatever you guys want him to do, he will be there doing it. So be sure to go out there and tune in for a good show. He's usually streaming for a couple hours, so about 1 o'clock. You can go check the last VOD, which was me and him playing on EDO Pro for OTS packs. And he slaughtered me, and you can go find out how he did it in those videos below. Uh, also, thank you to our guest, SlimYGO, for coming out and having such a great conversation. Honestly, I didn't even realize how much time has gone by. And we were just chit-chatting for so long. It's just such a smooth conversation and a down-to-earth guy that I enjoyed our conversation. Definitely going to make sure I have you on, as well as uh, Johnny, if he'd like to come on. I'd love to have Asian uh, Persuasion on. I think that he's a great guy, and it's, it's cool to have both of you guys on here for being such uh, chill guys. And is there any other final thoughts on the show or any shout-outs that you want to give out before we uh, close out tonight? Like my piece of advice, like before we hop out of here is if you love the game, if the game is annoying you right now, you know, there's always ways to play and there's always people to talk to to make the game better. There's just, you know, for you, you will find a way. I've like I said, I played in every format outside of one and, you know, found 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 a way to play. And I think it's once you just get into it and you can learn, you can learn from your losses and you can accept losing. I, I think that's one thing we maybe didn't touch upon enough, but you can accept losing but learning from that loss you will become a better player than if you just happen to sack the win out to be honest like i've sacked a lot of players and learned nothing in the process i've been sacked and i haven't learned anything in the process but i've lost so many games and known exactly what i did wrong or they told me what i did wrong and i learned to never make that mistake again We've all activated a spell in the imperm column and wanted to just literally scoop the game right there. But once you do it once, you won't do it again. I'll tell you that much. So 
little things like that like learn from your losses accept your losses accept the, the you know the constructive criticism from players who are better than you and i think you can go far in the game whatever your goals are like you know it could be from just to play locals to playing you know ycs's regionals all the different levels but as long as you're playing i don't see how you're losing as long as you're enjoying it so yeah those are those are my pieces of advice l aim for loss is for learn for sure exactly exactly but thank you so much for coming out brother of course and i appreciate it for everyone who's tuned in and listening thank you guys as well for sticking around to the very end be sure to go check out all those social sites start following subscribing i'm gonna link his youtube down below in the description box so be sure to go check out his page to get all the latest deck profiles my name is player x and this is the semi-limited podcast thank you so much for listening and good night